Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the gift of access. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. We thank you that we can call you Father. We thank you that you call us your children. And we pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow, we thank God for the privilege to see another day. And God being so good, we are beginning a new series. And I think this is our fourth series. By the grace of God, we have done three series already. We have done Who Told You? We have done Spiritual Gifts. We have done The Parable of the Loving Father. And this evening, we are beginning a new series that we would like to title In the Garden. I'm already excited. In the Garden. And our scripture, or the chapter that we'll be perusing, um, hopefully verse by verse, would be Genesis chapter 3, about the Garden of Eden, obviously. So we want to see what happened in the Garden. I'm not sure if we'll do the whole chapter, but we just want to touch on some few things as the Lord leads us. So I won't read the whole chapter, but I'll just read a portion of Genesis chapter 3. So as many of us that is possible, I would really encourage it that as I'm reading, you would turn your Bibles or their phone up on your phone or your iPad, even as we do this reading. Genesis chapter 3, I'll just read a portion of it. So from the verse 1, I'm using the amplified version of the Bible. Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. And he, the amplifier put into bracket, Satan, said to the woman, can it really be that God said, you shall not eat from every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, you may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the tree, which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil, blessings and calamity. And the woman saw that the fruit was good, into brackets, suitable and, and pleasant for food, and that it was delightful to look at and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise women can see some things <laughs> please no gender person should come and attack me <laughs> i'm just reading the bible she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband i think other version says give to her husband who was with her so the men to <laughs> your wife is talking to a snake and you're not carrying forgive and he ate then the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron-like girdles. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord said to Adam, 
where are you? And he said, I heard the voice of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you that you shall not eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave me. Hey, Adam, Adam. The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? Oh, woman. And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me into bracket, cheated, outwitted, and deceived me and I ate. And the Lord said to the serpent, oh, but God, God didn't ask the serpent any question. Oh, interesting. He just said to the serpent that because you have done this, you are cursed above all domestic animals and above all wild living things on the field. Upon your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise and tread your head underfoot and you will lie in wait and bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your grief and your suffering in pregnancy. Oh, and the pangs of childbearing with spams of distress, you will bring forth children. Yet your desires and cravings will be for your husband. Mercy. And he will rule over you. This is the part that he the men you like. He will rule over you. Please and allow me. And he said to Adam, mm, because you have listened and given heed to the voice of your wife, Adam, why did you listen to the voice of your wife? And I've eaten of the tree of which I've commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. The ground is a curse because of you. Wow. The ground is a curse because of you. In sorrow and toil, thou shalt eat of the fruits all the days of your life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. In the sweat of your face, that ye eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. We bless God for the reading of his word. I just stopped at the verse 19. But I said, our series on in the garden will be perusing the chapter verse by verse. I, I doubt you do all the verses, but you will see. So we want to start with the verse 1. For this evening, we will just be looking at the verse 1. So I read it again. Now, we'll be analyzing verse. So let's take note of each word in the verse. I think the verse 1 and the early part of the verse 2. Yeah. So it says, And now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field, which the Lord had made. And the serpent said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpents, I would like to end over here. So we want to start our perusal of this verse under the series in the garden. Now, the first thing I notice in reading the thing is that it says the first sentence is this, and now the serpent. Now, the Bible didn't say, and now a serpent, referring to any serpent, by saying the serpent, that means there's a particular serpent that the Bible was referring to. And now the question is, what serpent was the Bible referring to? You are referring to serpent. Now, this is just a little extra information. I've realized that most of us like putting our assumptions in Bible reading, or we like using our assumptions in explaining the Bible. What do I mean by that? I remember when I was younger, 
there was this story that used to baffle me a lot when david the first time david made an attempt to bring the ark of covenant to i think judah and the bible says that as they were coming and they got into the threshing floor the donkey that was holding the ark stumbled and the man named Uzzah, u-z-z-a-h or u-z-z-a-h made an attempt to balance the ark of covenant and the bible said and the lord struck him dead and david was very sad and david took the ark back to or he took the ark to obedidom and the bible said when the ark went to obedidom obedidom prospered so now the question was why did god kill the person for touching the ark and you see from what i learned all through my younger life was that the reason why god killed the person was the person was trying to help god and we say if god is falling down allow him to fall man doesn't help god but is that the truth is that what the bible says absolutely not so i just like to make this statement that allow the bible to answer itself don't put your assumption or your interpretation in or your mind into the interpretation of the bible the bible is self-explanatory allow the bible to explain itself so I used to wonder that so every time I, I don't even know how I would even apply this truth into my daily living. I don't help God. So maybe they'll give the example of Abraham. Abraham tried to help God by sleeping with Hagar to give birth to Ishmael. But was that the reason why God killed Israel? Absolutely not. The answer is in the Bible. And I'll just give you a gist. The answer is in Chronicles. I think let me help you. It's in chapter 15. I won't tell you whether it's first Chronicles or Second Chronicles, but it's in Chronicles 15. So what am I trying to say that let the Bible answer itself. Every question you see in the Bible, the answer is in the Bible. So now we are reading that there's a particular serpent that is called the serpent. So the question is, which serpent is it? So Muslim, when people come and ask me a question, I'll tell you that start from Genesis. By the time you get to Revelation, you see your answer inside. And people are offended because they don't want to read the Bible for themselves. And I think that's the reality as to why many of us are forced to put our assumptions into the interpretation of the Bible. So now, the answer to what serpent the Bible was referring to is in Revelation chapter 12, verse 19. Remember, it says the serpent. So now let's go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. Let the Bible speak for itself. And it says that, and the huge dragon was cast down and out. That age old serpent, who is also called the devil and Satan, who seduces all of humanity, the whole world, he was forced out and down onto the earth, and the angels were flung along with him. So the question is who is this serpent? Who is that age old serpent? The Bible has given the answer. It is the dragon, also called the devil or Satan, the deceiver. Now, Satan has many names, and the name that is used in a particular context mostly gives us an indication of what it's coming to do. So when you see the word Satan, it gives an indication that in this context, it's coming to do a satanic work. I don't want to deviate it, so I won't explain what Satan means. When you see the devil used, and remember, please, there's only one devil, there's only one devil, but there are many demons. So let's take note of that. There's only one devil, but there are many demons. That's just by the way. So he's saying that, so, sorry, as I was saying, that Satan has many names. One of them that he's called Satan. The other one is called the devil. 
The other one is called the dragon. The other one is called the deceiver or the father of lies. And one of the names of the devil that gives us an indication of the function of the devil is called the serpent or a serpent. And now the Bible gives us a hint. It is in the Amplified Bible. It gives you a certain description why Satan came in the form of a serpent. He didn't come in the form of the devil. He didn't come in the form of a dragon. He didn't come in the form of a liar, but he came in the form of a serpent. And it's very interesting that we take note. Why is that upon all the forms that the devil can assume, it came in the form of a serpent? And the Bible gives us a hint. It's because the serpent is more subtle and crafty than any of the things that God created. So I took my time to study a bit about snakes. So why the devil assume a snake? And it's quite interesting that I think apart from Asians that, or some Asians that eat snakes. So I heard, I've not seen some before, but I heard that they eat snakes. Or even some people do eat snakes. Naturally, snakes are natural enemies of human beings. But it's interesting to know that despite the way snake is so much hated, it's interesting to know that snakes are the most successful wild animals that have ever existed. It's almost every wild animal is going extinct. And you see, let me make it more practical. Imagine you are in a community, imagine you are in a university or a campus and you work, and the lion comes into the into where you are. As mighty as the lion is, as wild as the lion is, the lion will not last a day over there. Imagine an elephant comes into your garden. An elephant will not last a day. But a serpent can be in your midst for days. A serpent can be in your room for days, for months, for years, and it will be able to survive. Because the serpent is a master. Hide that. So even though a lot of wild animals are going extinct, the serpent is able to flourish. And you see, one thing also about the serpent is that it has the ability to live in every continent and in every part of the world. You'll be surprised. <laughs> every continent you see, you see snake or serpents. And every part of the world you see a serpent. Anywhere you go to, you'll be surprised to see serpents. And they have the ability to live in every sphere. They can live on land, they can live on sea, they can live in fresh water. So you realize that one of the things about the serpent is it has the ability to survive in varying conditions because one, it's subtle and crafty and it's a master hider. And it's interesting that I think in the Bible, this is the first revelation we are given about the devil or about Satan, is that he can come in the form of a serpent, meaning that he's a master hider. He's good in hiding. And that is why it will interest you to note that many things that the devil causes in this world, we never attribute it to him. And there's a particular scenario we like to give that imagine you're in a community and every day, like maybe you're in a compound house or in a neighborhood and there are seams of armed robbery. The day we are able to identify the thief in our midst, that is the end of the thief. So what is the antidote to finding out or to stopping the armed robbery? It's just by identifying and noticing who the thief is. So even if we don't even arrest the thief, because we know it is person A, immediately anything gets missing in the neighborhood, we are going to person A's room. So exposing the devil is the first key to neutralizing its work. And you see, because the devil is able to hide, it has been able to try for as long as the world has been in existence. And from Genesis to the coming of Jesus, or from Genesis to now, has been roughly around 6,000 years. But the world is older than 6,000 years. But let's say from Genesis to now, it's around 6,000 years. For over 6,000 years, the devil has been able to survive. It is still there. It's because the devil knows how to hide. So I want to give you two things, or two ways the devil is able to hide from us. And all hides in the sense of what? Ignorance. Because
because we are ignorant of the devices of the devil, we are giving it a few days in our midst, in our lives. So you look at the story of Job. I want, want us to read it. But you realize that because we are reading the Bible, we are privy to a background information that there was a council somewhere and God gave permission to Satan to go and afflict Job. But you would realize that in one of the incidents, when one of the servants was reporting the incident to Job, the servant made a statement. He said that we were in the field and the servant said, and the fire of God came to devour your belongings. Hey, was it the fire of God that came? Absolutely not. So you see, because we are not able to identify that the devil is at work, we are giving it a few days. And it's interesting that whenever anything bad happens, whenever there's an earthquake, whenever there's a flood, whenever there's a natural disaster, we call it the acts of God or the acts of nature or the wonders of nature. When there's a death of a loved one, oh, God is at work. Oh, it is God that gives, it is God that takes. Oh, God is mysterious. So whenever there's something bad, we always attribute it to the acts of God. But whenever there's something good, we say mother nature, hey, human beings. So because of this, the devil is able to operate behind the scenes because we're not able to expose him. That's why Paul tells us that we should not be ignorant of the devices of the devil because knowledge is light. The, the same word that is translated knowledge is the same word translated light. The same word translated ignorance is the same word translated as darkness. So if there is darkness in your life, the devil is able to operate freely in your life. That is why this in the garden study is very important. We want to make an attempt to expose the acts of the devil in our life. And you see, the interest of the devil is a man is able to play both extremes. And the other extreme is that every single thing, hey, we say the devil, every single thing. If you are walking and your pen falls down, so we have also that stream that if you are walking, you say, hey, and your pen falls down, hey, it's the devil. Anything we attribute to the devil. So there are two ways that the devil is able to play with us. Either we don't attribute anything to him or we attribute everything to him. And because of this ignorance concerning the operation of the devil, he's able to destroy many lives in the garden. So the first thing I want you to know about this study is the reality of the devil in this world. It's a theory that I've heard and I was surprised. Some people say the devil is your mind. <laughs> earthquakes, the death of loved ones, horrible accidents, horrible disease you are saying is your mind that is causing all these things. You see, that is why Revelation tells us, Revelation 12 and that old dragon, the serpent, the Bible clearly identifies the devil as an entity, as a being. But you see, some people say, oh, the devil is your mind. So positive thinking. If you're able to think positively, you're able to clear away the devil. Hey. So when innocent people, beautiful people that God created with a beautiful future, are addicts to alcohol, people, men have destroyed their families because of alcoholism. People are destroying their lives because of drugs. People are going around sharing HIV. People are going around destroying things. People are being thieves, arm robbers, senseless murders. And you're saying it's your mind. You see, so because of this, the devil is able to flourish. He's what subtle and crafty. So that's one aspect that I said. And the other aspect is that mostly because of our cultural setting, everything to mostly as Africans, everything to receive the devil. But that is why it's important that as a believer, you should stick to the Bible. Because as long as the Bible clearly identifies a being as a serpent, you should know that he really exists. And it's interesting. So now let's go. The Bible says that when the serpent has created, and he said to the woman, did God really say you should not eat any tree of the dad? You see this man too. I don't know whether it's a man or a woman. I, I don't think the devil has a gender. So see this being, he's so rude. 
somebody is in a garden and with the husband you enter you don't even greet <laughs> what a rude devil immediately he comes to the scene says did god really say should not eat of this garden what a rude man <laughs> i like him in the way he operates let me put it that way he doesn't put around the bush immediately he came he had one agenda his agenda was to attack the word of god in the life of eve so when he came he didn't say oh eve how are you how is your husband how have you eaten no bad manners his father and mother didn't teach him kids. he just came did god really say what a rude being and it's, it's interesting now when he comes he goes straight to the point the number one agenda of the devil is to steal the word of god in your life and we see the same thing in the temptation of jesus now somebody has finished fasting 40 days when you come you don't even greet I'm sure he was around when God said, Thou art my beloved son, a woman well pleased. And that word that God gave to Jesus, it was the same word that the devil came to attack. So when the devil came on the scene, he didn't say, How are you, Mr. Jesus? He didn't say, Oh, I can see how weak. He said, If you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. So the first agenda or the main agenda of the devil is to attack the word of God in your life. That is why believers, you cannot be passive in the study of the word of God. That's why as believers, you cannot be passive in letting the word of God dwell in you richly. Because that is the agenda of the enemy. When he comes around, he doesn't come to check about your well-being. He doesn't come to joke around. He doesn't come to ask you how you are doing. He goes straight to the point, And that is to steal the word of God from your heart in the garden. What a rude devil. And the last thing I would like us to note concerning what you are perusing is the verse 2. Now look at what happened. When the devil asked that, did God really say, now look at the woman. And the woman said, that's where everything fell. That is when the whole commotion went wrong. That's when everything, in fact, that's when the fall of man happened. Now, let's look at the response of Jesus. When the devil came and the devil said that, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. Just as the way the devil doesn't come to give pleasantries, then Jesus also went head on. And Jesus also went, for it is written, ah, so now look at, let's look at the two responses. The woman is saying, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden. This is the mistake the woman made. And there are two mistakes she made. One of them was that she tried to engage the devil with her knowledge. And that is the mistake we make because we have the reality that you can never outsmart the devil. So we don't engage him on any level because you would always fail. What do I mean by that? Maybe one day you're a young lady, you're 28, 29, 30, and the devil comes. Hey, you are still keeping your virginity. The next word that you would utter from your mouth will determine whether you fall or stand. When such a word from the serpent comes, the only thing you're supposed to do is to say, for it is written. Do not engage the devil. Now, let me make a little bit more practical. Imagine you know a hardened criminal in your neighborhood. As a parent, one day you come from work and you see your two-year-old daughter or your two-year-old son playing football with that hardened criminal what would you do as a natural parent you know to quickly snatch your child and lock him in the room and say hey what are you doing with this guy you don't need to know what they were discussing no 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 you are not interested because there's nothing good that this criminal can teach your son or your daughter so the first mistake many of us do that's why we fall for the serpent that we try to engage in please that we don't engage the devil because he would always outsmart you that is why people have rationalized sin. You should see the way people have been like, hey, I have this nice guy. If if I don't make him impregnate me, I doubt he'll take me to the altar. So now many people are giving themselves up because they want to keep a guy. Who taught you that knowledge? Who taught you that knowledge? 
So you see, initially you'll be like you're trying to explain. So they will become like, oh, so they will come like and say, oh, did God really say you should not have sex before marriage? Then you two will be like, if, oh, you know, you see, oh, it's not that per se, but you may have sex, just that you should not get HIV or you should not destroy somebody's home. Then they then will be like, oh, you have created an opening. Because immediately you try to enter into a debate with the devil, sweetheart, you have lost the battle. So just as when the devil comes, he doesn't come to ask you, how are you? He doesn't come to check on your temperature. He doesn't come to see how you are doing. He goes straight to the point. Sweetheart, you must go straight to the point. Did God really say, yes, God said. Did God really say you give your marriage a good marriage? Yes, God said it. Did God really say no sex before marriage? Yes, God said no sex before marriage. Did God really say you shall not steal? Yes, God said you shall not steal. But the guy offended you. Why are you forgiving him? Because God says you should forgive. That is all. The day you engage the devil, you have lost the battle. So the mistake that Eve made was that and she said you made it. From then, uh, she had lost. So that is very important that you understand this. Because the day or the moment you begin to engage the devil, trust me, he has seen all types of men from Adam to you. You're, you don't have any wisdom that can outsmart him. Trust me, even Solomon could not outsmart him. Even David could not outsmart him. Even Papa Peter could not outsmart him. The only thing that can outsmart the devil is the word of God. That is why immediately he comes into your life. He's coming for that word. Did God really say he will bless you? Did God really say he will give you a good marriage? Did God really say you will heal your mom and your dad? Did God really say you will give you a good job? Did God really say you will make you a blessing to nations? You look at the circumstances of your life, then you'll be like, mm, God said it all, but... Or you begin to try and rationalize your situation. Sweetheart, we don't do that. Did God really say yes? Amen. I would like to stop here, and I would invite my friends to give their commentary on the first verse of In the Garden. And we'll be starting from Ben. Kindly give us your commentary. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, um, I think the verse, verse of Genesis 3 is really interesting, what we studied today. I want to touch on um, something little and then we move on. It's very interesting how the devil was able to select the most subtle animal that God had created as the serpent or the snake, and he was able to use the snake to lure Eve into committing sin. Yeah, and it's also even interesting how even Jesus Christ advised or admonished us when he was sending us into the world that we should be as wise as serpents. So there's something about the nature of the serpent that Sam talked about, about how wise they are and all those stuff. I want to touch on what he said concerning engagement with the devil you see the devil is a master of the atrium not even a master jesus christ said that he is the god of this realm so there's no way that you as a human being can use your own knowledge your own wisdom that you have accumulated and accrued in this world to deceive him there is no way there's nothing that you can do the only way to deceive the devil is using the word of god and even I think in James, he said that we should resist the devil and he will flee. 
because when you try to engage as sam said you you have lost the battle from the beginning i just want to admonish us that it's only the word of god that can help us overpower the um weapons of the enemy just as the bible said in the book of john chapter one that the light shined in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not so anytime the devil who is darkness comes to us the only way we can overpower him is to introduce the lights and the lights being the word of god thank you very much amen thank you too thank you too thank you too bene kindly give us your commentary on the first part of in the garden okay so the verse one i'm reading from the b and he said to the woman has god indeed said has god indeed said other version says did god really say so some said that the serpents or the devil will come for the word of god in your heart and when you read it it says has god indeed said or has god really said you so when you make a statement or when someone makes a statement and the person refers to you and says let's say did you really say so did you um, indeed say it speaks of let's say doubts so the devil will make you doubt god's word or it will make god's word seem false so did god really say so i think that it's not enough to just know the word of god but you have to lay hold on god's word you shouldn't just know it but you should lay hold on it and believe it with all your heart so that when you are questioned did god really say he will bless you you because you have laid hold on that particular word you'll be firm and say that truly god has said regardless thank you thank you thank you i i forgot that point it's true one way i think we we dealt with this under who told you i'm not sure but one way to identify the voice of the devil is that he always speaks words of doubt concerning the word of god he always comes to doubt or to come and give you nuggets of doubt so even though the bible says that by his stripes you are healed when the voice of the devil comes you say did god really say you are healed and you'll be pinching your body, reminding you of the infirmity or the pain you are feeling in your body. God bless you so much. God bless you so much, Bene. Baba, kindly give us the commentary. All right. Um, okay, so I'll say that definitely there's an existence of the devil. The devil really exists in this world that we are. And it's not just our mind, as the Sam has rightly said, but then there is a devil in this world that we are and then if you really don't have the word of god in you when the devil comes at you in any situation that you may be your tendency of giving up or succumbing to what the devil might suggest is very high so i would urge that we all cling to the study of the word like we must be passionate about having the word of God in us. It may not be interesting or pleasing at first, but then I believe that when you desire and have that passion, you certainly will be able to have the word of God. And then I would also say that in Psalms, Bible says that God has spoken once. Yes. So indeed, if God says something, it is it. God doesn't speak twice or he doesn't waver on what he says. He says something once and then it's final. So if God has said something in his word, if God has said something concerning your life, it is like it is it. That is exactly what the Lord wants to say. So 
you shouldn't easily give up or have a double mind when the devil comes at you asking that did god really say that like i said if you don't really have the word your tendency of giving up is very high but then if you have the word of god in you and then you know for sure unless you don't know god has said it but if you know that god has said it then indeed he has said it and then you must not give room for the devil amen amen and amen wow uh we take our final commentary from abena okay so i think almost everything has been said but i'll just highlight on a few points so from the verse 1 we see that the devil was crafty and crafty means skilled in deception like very skilled in deception and his first attack was against the word of god when he was talking to eve which bene has mentioned and he rephrased god's instruction in a purely negative way just to create doubt and i want to tell us that if we don't know the word of god for ourselves we can easily be swayed and it's not just about just reading like we have to know it for ourselves because if you don't know you don't know like for example in an exam you are going to learn for an exam sometimes let's say you you chew you just chew the thing or you just read over it without even understanding what you are doing when you get to the exam hall and the examiner like changes the structure of the sentence just a bit if you don't know what the examiner is actually talking about you don't know the topic very well sometimes you can just change some is to not and then you just go off and you just choose the wrong answer and that's just what the devil did over here he just twisted the sentence small and then it fell for it so i want to tell us that we as humans we cannot outsmart satan but we can overcome him with the power of jesus and the power of jesus is in his word amen amen and amen and amen god speaks once and twice you must hear God speaks once and twice you must hear. I don't think I made mention of this statement, but this is very important. Many people think that, remember I was talking about the fact that the devil is a master hider and he hides in darkness. Darkness referring to ignorance. So many people think that by not acknowledging the existence of the devil, you render him ineffective. So many people, when they hear the thing about devils, they're like, hey, please, that's not my area. Thinking that by ignoring his existence they are neutralizing his effect that's why the opposite you remember i gave the scenario of a criminal in the neighborhood ignoring the reality of a criminal in the neighborhood rather gives him the platform to operate so the reason why the devil is having a field day in our families in our finances in our health in our marriages is because we are Turning a blind eye to his presence in our lives. That's what many of us are doing. So just as the servant of Job did, he set the fire of God. If he knew that there was a meeting that had gone on before he came on the scene, he wouldn't have set the fire of God. So many of us are attributing the works of the devil to acts of God. So just recently, I had a person away of a very beloved person among a particular circle. And the guy died in a nasty car accident. But interestingly, all those I had talking about the scenario, they were all saying, oh, God's works are mysterious. Mysterious. God's ways are mysterious. It is God who gives and it is God who takes. Sweetheart, God doesn't take people away through such kind of accident. He doesn't. But you see, you would attribute it to the acts of God. And as I said earlier on, but when you see something beautiful, you say, oh, Mother Nature. So many of us are rendering the devil effective because we are ignoring his presence in our lives. We are ignoring his presence in that which concerns us. 
Sweetheart, do not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. He's a master hider. He will hide in your ignorance. So imagine if you had a word, the devil was still able to outsmart her. How much more those of you who don't know the word of God for yourself? So if people who know the word are still being able to be deceived, how much more you, who for the time we entered into the year 2020, you have never opened your Bible to even read it for five minutes. The only Bible you have ever heard in this year is what is preached on church or what you see on someone's status or a notification. You have never dedicated even 15 minutes to the reading of the stories in the Bible, the story of David. You have never done that before. Because remember that the word of God is light. So because of the lack of the word in your heart, there's a presence or a prevalence of darkness. So for us, for such situations, the devil, the snake is just sleeping. It would interest you to know that the devil can be in your house or a serpent can be in your house for years without you ever knowing. But I said, immediately a lion comes to your house. Ah, the lion will be gone in a day. Because why? You are able to identify it. So you are able to deal with it. Whether you call um, the, the, the police, you call fire service, it will catch your attention. But because the devil can come in the form of a serpent, he can live with you in your house, eat your food successfully for a whole year, and you will not know. That is why it's important that as a believer, you should be a student of the word, not because you are going to become a pastor. No, it's because you need the word of God to survive. I always give this scenario. The lack of the word of God in your life makes you a rat in the lap of life. You become a rat for the experimentation of the devil. And please, you can decide to ignore this reality as, oh, the devil is your mind. Oh, these are just religious juggles to imprison people. And now, the serpent. I want us to spend some time in prayer. I want to pray for grace. That God grant us the grace to be students of the word. Father, help us to deal with every lackadaisical attitude towards the word of God. You should see the way we can spend hours on our phones, but immediately we read one verse of the Bible, we feel enough. You should see the way many of us, many believers don't even own a Bible. Even when you can just download the Bible on your phone, many believers don't have Bibles on their phones. Yet you see these people with new pictures on their phones. Yet you see these people with pornographic materials on their phone. How then do you expect to be able to overcome the devil. How then do you expect to live a victorious life in this world? Father, grant us the grace to be students of the word. Grant us the grace to sit down each day and open the Bible and read. For your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Your word we have hidden in our hearts that we might not sin against you. For how shall a young person keep his way clean? By clinging unto your word. For it is your word that gives us sustenance in this life. Father, we pray for grace that we will pay the price of digging into your word at least a verse a day. At least we will spend at least 10 to 15 minutes reading the Bible because it gives us illumination for the word of God. So the entrance of your word brings light and understanding to the simple. Many of us have fallen prey to life because we don't have understanding. Many of us have fallen for the lies of the devil because we don't have understanding. Many of us have been swayed into all forms of addictions, into all forms of sin, into all forms of things because we are simple. The Bible says that a prudent man foreseeth evil and hides himself. But the simple, the simple going on and is punished. Many of us have been bamboozled and punished by the devil. 
because of the deficiency of the word of God in your life. Father, make us students of your word in the name of our Lord Jesus. Secondly, we want to pray. Remember that the devil always throws seeds of doubt. Remember in James, the Bible says, for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And this man should not think he can receive anything from God. The reason why many of us are not receiving our healing, the reason why many of us are not receiving our financial breakthrough, the reason why many of us are not receiving our good marriages, the reason why many of us are not receiving our scholarship, our good job, is because we are double-minded. We have allowed the word of the devil to settle in our hearts. Did God really say you give a good marriage? Can't you see there are no more virgins in the world? Can't you see there are no more honest people in the world? Can't you see now politics is dirty? Can't you see now business is all about dishonesty and craftiness? Can't you see that you must go out and mess up yourself? Can't you see that devil is always throwing seeds of doubt? But declare the word of God over your life. That is why you must know the word of God. And just ask Jesus when the devil comes and says, Did God really say you are a son? Yes, he said. Did God really Say you bless you. Yes, he said you make me a blessing. Did God really say that you give me a good job? Yes, he said nothing good will he withhold from you. Did God really say you will heal you? Yes, he said by the stripes of Jesus you are healed. Did God really say he will forgive you of your sins? Hey, you committed abortion. Will God really forgive you? Yes, the Bible says that. But we have an advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus, and we have the blood that speaks better things over our life. You murderer, you fornicator, you thief, will God really forgive you? I have a blood over my life that speaks better things. I have a blood that speaks better things over my life. Did God really say your husband will stop cheating on you? I have the blood that speaks better things over my family. You must know the word of God because that is your arsenal to overcome the devil. One man of God I like listening the most is that whenever the devil invites you for a boxing match, don't enter the ring. Don't enter. Because immediately you enter, you are closed. But rather stand outside the ring and throw the word of God. Father, grant us the grace that whenever the devil comes and says, Did God really say, would without every shadow of doubt say, Yes, God really said. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. God bless you all so much in the garden and as i announced last week and last week by the grace of god we are now on all podcast platforms on anchor to spotify to itunes to castbox to podbean to google podcast please go and find us on all these podcasts and we really encourage you to continue listening to us remember we are giving you the word of god we are giving you us now by which you can overcome every doubt and every word of this crafty being. And we are believing God that through the agency of the word, we are flooding light into your life. We are renewing your mind so that you know that which is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life. Remember to give God your best and make sure you don't owe your boss good work. Make sure you don't owe your mom the change after she sent you. Make sure you don't owe your roommates washing of bowls, but make sure the only thing you owe anybody is love. God bless you all and see you next week, even as we consider the part two of our series in the garden. Bye-bye. Bye. Solo
songs for you forever and ever yes this heart beats for you as the deep ends for water so my soul longs for you my soul longs for you this heart beats for you